Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, well, uh, I'm not really a guest speaker because I go to this church. And, uh, and Breezy and I are, are very, um, we've, you know, on reflection, it was hard living, living waters because, you know, Wes has been my spiritual dad, my pastor for so many years, but we feel such a peace. We're actually saying either last night or the night before, it was such a God thing for us to come here. We, yeah, I mean... Wes is uh, still very much my, my spiritual dad, and um, I love Living Waters with all my heart, and I, I just really feel that this next season for Breezy and I just to put our shoulder in and help Glenn and, and uh, bring our little flames to the fire, and let's see North Canterbury tipped upside down for Jesus. I, uh, I was at the Thrive uh, staff meeting on Tuesday. And I just thought it was so awesome that there's so many young people in the team. I think that's amazing. Some people may think, well, I don't really like that. They're a bit young. No, no, this is amazing. Jesus picked the young ones. The young ones tipped the world upside down. I think this is a good thing. I think this is a God thing. This is something that inspires me, man. So uh, I'm very excited to be here. And, uh, and I was just thinking in, in worship, a, a phrase hit my heart, and it was this, and I think this is a, a really good way to start my message today. If your Christianity's boring, it's because you're boring. It's always nice to start and encourage people, and I really want you to like me. But here's the deal, if your Christian walk is boring, that's because you're boring. Because Jesus Christ is alive from the dead, He's not some name in an ancient book. And he wants to use you to tip the world upside down. He wants to use you to shine his love every day. And you see, because the world is screaming so loud at us about fear and division and all this stuff. If there was ever a time to stand boldly for Christ, it's today. I, uh, I was in the North Island ministering last weekend, and uh, on the Saturday we did an evangelism training workshop, and, and that was really fun. And then on the Sunday, one of the pastors that was at the work, workshop was out on the street with his, his team, and they were preaching the gospel out loud. And I was upstairs in this building just listening, just going, oh, this is so beautiful. And I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if this here actually just became normal, that a message wasn't just preached inside of a building. Because your life is a message. He turns that whole mess into a beautiful message. So I went down and encouraged them, and I actually said quite not politely, I said, could I borrow the microphone for a moment? And, you know, because we have so many... Uh, COVID drive-through testing things and that. I thought, what about a bit of drive-through preaching? Check this out. Come on, next step, next step. Hear the gospel. Next step, next step. Jesus, he loves you, bro. He's got a plan for your life, man. He loves you. Give your whole life to Jesus. Come on. Jesus, grow. He loves you, man. God who He's got a plan for your life. Drug it. 
not because I'm a blimmin' evangelist. That's because I'm a son and he's worthy to be talked about. <clears throat> so I've got a slide for today. This is the slide. You've seen it before, but I was, I was thinking, do I get a new slide made today about the gospel? Because I'm talking about the gospel. And I thought, you know what? The reality is we need to know the simplicity of the gospel. Because I think so, so many times we can overcomplicate this thing. Here's the deal. For God, sin was an issue. So God sent his son down to planet earth. Jesus' first night was in a manger. That always blows my mind. He went from heaven to a manger. That's a feeding thing for animals. Wow. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. He died on that cross. The lamb got slain for me and for you. Jesus died so we can live. That's the gospel. John 3.16 is the gospel. That is the most beautiful picture for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever, you are a whoever. I am a whoever. There's so many whoever's out there outside this building that need to know they've got a Father in heaven that's just waiting for them to come home. Whoever would believe in Him would not perish. There's as much hell in John 3.16 as what there is heaven, by the way. Would not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the, the more that I travel and, and do what God's called us to do, the more I, I just understand the simplicity of this thing. And then we're not performers. Because you judge your performance. Wouldn't it be horrible if we judged preaching or ministering or prayers or worship? Wouldn't it be awesome if, or wouldn't it be horrible if we started worshiping worship songs? Oh, I can't really, I just can't really get into the song. That's not about the song, it's about the one that was hanging on the cross, <gasps> suffocating. It's about him. I, uh, I, I was speaking at a church uh, in Taronga a few months ago, and, and I, I gave an altar call. Altar calls are powerful, man. God alters people's hearts on altar calls. So I, I, I gave this altar call, and I saw this beautiful elderly lady just making her way down the aisle, and she's shaking like anything. And I was thinking, oh, oh, the poor old sausage. I need to pray for her. I need to pray for her today. You know, I was thinking, is it MS or what's going on? Because she's shaking like this as she's walking down. She kneels down on the altar. And it was so beautiful. Like it legit took her about 10 minutes to kneel down. But she was determined to kneel down, shaking. It just really touched my heart. But you see, she got saved that day. And I wanted to go and find her and have a chat to her. And uh, Luke... Luke, you're such a champion, Luke. You know, Luke was working on my videos last night and this morning for today. He's such a champion. So Luke, cut this video for me. Could you just play the lady in Tauranga? Yeah. 
Hey guys, Dez here. I'm here with Carol. Now, Carol responded to the gospel today. Check out her story. What was going on? I came in with Casey, sat down, and I started to shake. Literally, the whole body. And that's not normal? That's not normal <laughs> for me. And I've been crying the whole time. That is not me, because I don't show emotion. Wow. So I have done the shake, the cry, the still crying. And all I want to do is learn. Awesome. She knelt up the front of the church and gave her life to Jesus. It was so beautiful, so powerful. What a beautiful day for you. <laughs> Father, we just pray for more, more of your goodness and your kindness. Just keep showing her how much you love her in your precious name. Amen and amen. Isn't that beautiful? It wasn't MS, it was Jesus. It's amazing. And, and that's not because there was a phenomenal speaker. That's because the gospel got preached. When the gospel gets preached, the gospel happens. I, um, I was in Fokatani last weekend and, uh, and I was preaching on the uh, Friday night. I, I did the youth and um, there was 86 youth. And in my message, I hadn't prepared anything, but I wanted to talk about suicide. Suicide's a real issue, man. Like, seriously. I, I was talking to a lady in here first thing this morning, and she was a, a security nurse in a suicide ward, and she said that the youngest person that she treated that tried to take their life was seven. The, the oldest was 98. The devil led Jesus up and said, jump. He's still telling people to jump today. So Breezy and I have started a, a, a new arm to our ministry. It's called smashsuicide.com. And uh, I'm passionate about youth suicide, man. I tried to take my life. Breezy tried to take her life. And we're going after this. And uh, so I, I said, maybe you're in this room tonight and maybe you're in this room this morning and you've been struggling with suicide. Come and see me afterwards. And, and I said... If you have been struggling, come and see me. Come and don't, don't stand up now. Don't wave out. Just come and see me after the service. And after the service, there was seven young people in a Christian event with 86 in the room. Six, six beautiful young girls and one guy. All of them were struggling with suicide. Three of them had tried to take their life that week. It was a Friday night. One of them had tried to kill herself on the Thursday night. This other girl, she had a hoodie on and she had a, you couldn't see her mouth or anything. She had it all wrapped around her, her face. And as I was preaching, I was looking at her and you could just see the brokenness. See, I'm getting sent from this church to do this stuff. We're doing this together. This is teamwork. This is Thrive Work. We're doing this. It's pretty amazing, man. It's what an opportunity to speak life into these broken, beautiful kids. And, uh, and the, the one with the hoodie came up to me and she said, oh, that's me. And I said, yeah, could I give you a hug? I said, I'm a dad, I've got four kids, could I just give you a hug? She goes, yeah. She was like this. I just started hugging her. She started weeping. It was beautiful, man. And uh, see, that's the simplicity of the gospel, a hug. Yeah. And uh, she, she said, oh, on Tuesday night, I, I grabbed a knife and I went down to the bridge and she said, I was just about to shank myself, put the, the knife into my throat. 
See, this is real. We don't need to water this down. This is real. This really happened two Tuesday nights ago, man. And she was just going to flop over the bridge. And someone was walking on the bridge as she's about to do it from Destiny Church in Fokatani. And the person stopped her and said, hey, I just want you to know that God loves you. Then she started opening up. She handed over the knife. You see, that person was the right person in the right time. Legit saved her life, man. It rocked me. And that girl got saved that night, that Friday night. And then she was at all the other meetings throughout the weekend. You could just see God was just filling that broken little void. So beautiful, so beautiful. And on the Friday night, after I left that meeting, I got pulled over by the cops. And I did a runner. No, I didn't. (laughs) Put my indicator on. And uh, I thought, and I said, I was traveling with Michael, my buddy. And I said, was I speeding? And he goes, oh, I'm not sure. And the, the police officer comes to the window and he goes, g'day. And I said, hi, how are you? And he goes, you're good. I said, man, God loves you, bro. He goes, is this your car? And I said, no, it's a rental. And he said, oh, okay, because you didn't have your lights on. I said, oh, okay, cool. I'll put them on. And uh, I said, do you know what? I've just spoken at an event in your, in your town. And there was a young girl there who tried to take her life on Tuesday night, and she gave her life to Jesus. He goes, really? And I go, yeah. He goes, was she on the bridge on Tuesday night? And I go, yeah. He said, well, I was the policeman that, that cordoned off the bridge. And I said, she gave her life to Jesus. And he goes, wow, that is so amazing to hear. I'm a born again Christian too. Wow. The simplicity of the gospel. You see, that inspired him to see this broken girl and then she gets saved. Pretty amazing. Um, I better do a verse. Let's do a verse. Actually, before I do a verse, just want to quickly do this. So on the Sunday morning, I was just sitting getting ready to preach and a, a lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, can you remember me? And I said, no, not really. And she said, you were here four years ago. And I responded to your altar call. I went, awesome. Check this video out. Hey guys, Daz Chettle here. I'm here with... Melissa Bogman. And I'm just about to preach at a church up here in the North Island. And Melissa came up to me and she said something pretty cool. What did you say? I said, um, I'm in the youth, 11th of May, 2017. I'm just saying, by yourself. 11th of May, 2017, she responded. So I was preaching. And I said, if you need to get saved, you need to get right with God, get down here. Did you? I was broken. And at that time, I knew it made the decision. So that was like four years ago. So what's... See, because a lot of people think, well, I'm not sure if older calls work. I tell you, older calls alter people's hearts. You feel it. The shivers down my arms. My whole body was just... I just knew. I just... This was the time, and I was ready. It's amazing so my question is from the what what was the date? 11th of May. From the eleventh of May two thousand and seventeen to today, do you love Jesus? Have you been baptized? I have done six of How cool is that? In your face, devil. You see, the devil tried to destroy her with all this junk, chucked her in jail, all this stuff, but God. Born again, why? Because she responded to the gospel when the gospel was preached. And he works in the most amazing place. God, so grateful, so blessed. You're a champion.
So in nine minutes, I'm going to do an altar call. And if you need to get right with God, don't let pride or fear hold you in your seat. I've got a question for you before I read this verse. My question is what? What kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? You see, in Luke 5, verse 18, it's a beautiful story about four friends. And I love the story. I've loved the story ever since I first got saved. When I first heard it, I thought, man, I love that. They smashed a hole in a roof. I love that. You see, they had a friend that was paralyzed. And they take him to this meeting where Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is speaking to all these religious leaders. And as they're walking down the street, they're going, man, there's a lot of cars here. Or donkeys or horses or whatever. A lot of things. And they're going, oh man. So as they get closer, they see that the house is packed. The front lawn is packed. And they think, oh man. And they're carrying their buddy who's paralyzed. And they're thinking, oh, what do we do? They think, well, we're not going to get close to Jesus today. There's too many people. Okay, well, what we'll do is we might come back in a few days. You've got your ACC report. Everything's sweet. We can maybe get you to a chiropractor or we'll do something, but we're not going to be able to get you in front of Jesus today because it's just logistically, it's not going to work. I think that'd be pretty average friendship. I tell you what I think would be amazing friendship if they're carrying and they're going, come on, man, we're not going to get in. Well, what do we do? Well, let's punch a hole in the roof. That's a good friend, isn't it? Wouldn't you want friends like that in your world? Or wouldn't you want to be a friend like that to the world? That you are desperate to get your friend who's broken physically, but a lot of people are emotionally broken too. We're all on a journey. But they were desperate to get their friend into the presence of God. And I imagine as they were trying to get this dude up on the roof, they wouldn't have had a, 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 a higher pull, high ab to lift him up. <laughs> they wouldn't have been scaffolding. They would have just grunted and groaned and got him up there. It took effort. Sometimes it takes a bit of effort to share the gospel. Sometimes it takes a bit of effort to get people into the presence of God. They start pulling off the tiles. And imagine that. If Jesus goes, hey, 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 I'm teaching on Isaiah. What on earth are you doing? Could you please wait? I don't think so. He would have heard it go, oh, this is cool. Gee, that paralyzed dude, he's got four awesome friends. And then they lower him down into the presence of Jesus Jesus says your sins are forgiven and, and causes a big drama with all the religious leaders. The dude picks up his mat and walks. My question is, how desperate are you to get your friends in the present, into the presence of God? How desperate are you? 
Because the Bible says you will be hated for my namesake. And last night I was just thinking, God, what's a cool story that I could tell them about when, when I was a good friend? What's a good story that I could tell when I was a good friend and I went above and beyond to, to get someone into the presence of God? I was thinking, Lord, what would be a good song? A good, not a good song, a good uh, story. I'd love to join the worship team here. I just can't sing. I can't even clap in time. It's so embarrassing. I was worshipping at my at our church and I was worshipping with my arms and like this and just worshipping Jesus. The beautiful elderly lady beside me tapped me on the shoulder and said, love, at least you try. <laughs> so if I do ever sing, here it's a miracle. How desperate are you to get your friends into the presence of God? What sort of friend are you? Are you a worldly friend that kind of just goes with the flow? Or are you a friend that will stand up and go, no man, what you need is Jesus. Here, let me pray for you. You see the power of the gospel. And, and as I was thinking this last night, the Holy Ghost kept saying, your grandfather. And I'm going, no, no, not the best story. Because I was a terrible grandson. I was a horrible grandson. You see, my grandfather did and said horrible things to me and that justified in my heart why I could be horrible back. And I got saved and I loved people. I would weep for the lost. But I still hated my granddad in my heart. And then when I heard he was getting really sick, it had no bearing on me at all. Oh, well, that's a shame. Because I had so much hurt and bitterness. I remember a six-year-old boy trying to read some words on a, on a book, sitting on his knee, and he pushed me off his knee. And he said, you're thick, just like your father. And I believed those lies. My plane was flying in. I'd just come back from the Brownsville Revival in 1999. And uh, my plane was flying into Christchurch and I'd just spent 10 days just getting born again, again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> and Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, you need to go and see your grandfather. Do you know the fear that was in me to go and see him? I had so many good excuses why not to. I had done so many hours in front of a counsellor to try and heal the stuff that he had done, man. I didn't want to go and see him. I hadn't seen him for years. The last time I saw him, he was a big builder. I remember when I was like, maybe Shiloh's age, maybe 10. He came to my house to fix something. And I got his car keys out of his van and ran down the street and hid them behind a tree. And then he was frantically for hours looking for his car keys. And I'm just in my bedroom, a little kid just going, yes, got your back. Because he hurt me. Someone else can share with him, not me. I'm not the one, man. I go to the house, I knock on the door, my heart is racing like anything. I speak so often about fear because I've had to face it so often in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do daily. 
And he opened the door and he's a skinny, frail man. And I was just shocked. I said, Pop. And I started talking to him about God. And he said, I, I don't want to talk about it. Four days later, I was speaking at a youth thing at um, uh, Rickenham Baptist Church. And mum turns up. I go, oh, what's mum doing here? She said, you need to come and see Pop. So I went into the room. I asked the family to leave. You've got to remember that this is a man that I hated. This is a man who caused me so much pain. And I knelt down beside his bed and I shared the simplicity of the gospel that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Not being a good person, not being a Buddhist, not being a Muslim, not being a Hindu, Scientology, no. Jesus said, I am the way. Every other religion is desperately trying to please and find God. Will God send His Son to find us? It's pretty amazing, man. And I grabbed his hand. He could hardly speak. And I said, Pop, if you believe with what I'm telling you, if you believe with what I'm saying is true, if you want to give your life, not your heart, your whole life to Jesus, I want you to squeeze my hand. And with tears pouring down his cheeks, he's squeezing my hand so hard as I'm praying for him to lead him to Christ. A day later, he goes to be with Jesus. You see, that is amazing grace that someone for 72 years can mock God, spit in his face, but on his deathbed, go, Jesus, forgive me, come into my life, be my Lord and Saviour. That is the power of the gospel, man. That is the reach of the arm of the the Saviour. But don't be deceived. One day that beautiful Saviour will become a severe judge. We're all gonna give an account for our little life. He died for you. He died as you because He loves you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 